Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 177, we're continuing on with our series on how to build your email list. This is part two of that series, and we're going to be talking about the follow-up. Once someone has opted into your email list and you've given them the free resources signed up for, it's time to take the relationship to the next level by following up with them consistently. However, this raises a lot of questions. How often should you follow up? What should you send them? What's your ultimate goal? And how do you make sure you are meeting their needs and giving them what they want? Well, there are many different ways to do this. So we're going to be dissecting this in great, great detail to make sure we have a strong foundation for building an awesome email list. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yes, indeed. Part two of the series. And I'm excited to get into this content because we got a lot of great stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about um, the importance of this. We're going to talk about um, some of the different options. And then I'm going to be giving you 10 ninja tips at the end to take things to the next level. But before we get into that, I want to let you know that this podcast episode is brought to you by GetResponse, which is the email marketing service that I use to run my business. So a brief history. I started my online business. I started my blog in 2008. From that date, I was using Aweber because that's the service that everyone was using. My mentors used it and they told me this is what you use. So this is what I used. Um, and then at a certain point, I decided I wanted to get more a little, a little more advanced. I wanted something that was an all-in-one system, affiliate system, email marketing, um, e-commerce, shopping carts, and all that stuff. So I got Infusionsoft. I had to hire someone full-time <laughs> to manage Infusionsoft for me. And eventually, I decided this was too uh, cumbersome, it's too complex, much more difficult than it needed to be. So I signed up for GetResponse, and I am in love with GetResponse. It's powerful um, and it's not as complex. It allows for a lot of things. Um, it allows for action-based autoresponders, surveys, a number of advanced features that I couldn't get with Aweber, but it wasn't as complex as Infusionsoft. So if you would like to check it out, um, becomeablogger.com slash GetResponse. That is my affiliate link. So of course, I get a commission if you signed up, but I'm, I'm, I recommend this because I think it is the best for the price point that that it's at and I love the service. And if you have a list that's greater than 1,000 people right now and you're maybe on Aweber or some other service, it doesn't matter what service, and you would like some, me or someone on my team to transfer it for you, reach out to me at leslie at becomeablogger.com and we can get that process going. You don't have to pay me anything for, to do it. I just want to make sure that you're migrating over 
in the right way. And, you know, there's some technical things that you might be a little concerned about. So we can help you in that process. Now, I want to talk about, you know, this email list follow-up stuff. Um, but, you know, I want to give a, a little bit of an update. You know, um, I've been self-employed now for about a month and a half. You know, I used to be a university professor teaching. I was an anatomy professor teaching in a, a doctor of physical therapy program. Um, and I left my job at the end of June. Now, quite frankly, I wasn't sure how it would go. Because, you know, it poses unique challenges. Every single thing um, in terms of your bills, in terms of insurance, and all these things is 100% dependent on what you do. And some of you are, you might be self-employed and you know exactly what I'm talk talking about. Or you, you're, you're employed by an organization and you're thinking, man, how do I leave these types of things, these benefits that I get and the security of a paid check? You know, these are some of the concerns that I had. Um, however, I... You know, I just need, I got to let you know this. It is so rewarding. And if this is something you've been thinking about, I want to encourage you to work at it. I want to encourage you to hustle on the side with, you know, you're working full time. I was working full time. I was doing so many things, but I was hustling with my online business on the side. And you know what? It does pay off. Now, to be honest, today I'm not financially where I want to be. However, and this is what I love, um, this month, looks better than last month and last month looked better than the month before <laughs> you know i'm able i'm able to invest my time fully in my online business and it is paying off and that is exciting to see and above all, I get to spend time with my family. You know, I spend about um, five hours a day with my son on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You know, on Tuesdays, I spend about three to four hours with him. On some, some of the Thursdays, I get to spend about that much time. Um, all day on Saturday, of course, that's always been my day off. That's my Sabbath. Um, but I spend that day with my family. And I'm going to St. Martin next week with my son for about two and a half weeks. You know, I don't want to make it seem like it's a bed of roses because it really isn't, you know. But the thing is, I rather the struggles that I'm facing now um, than the struggles of not having any time to spend with my family, not having any time to spend with my son. So, you know, self-employment is not for everyone. I know that for a fact. Um, but for those of you that are that, you know, you think about the idea and you get kind of excited about it. I want to encourage you because on the other side, there's potentially so much more to enjoy. At least that's what I found. And I just wanted to update you on that. Yes, struggles. Yes, you know, sometimes you're wondering, okay, what do I need to do to make all of the bills for next month or to make sure that I'm, 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 I'm doing the things that I need to do? Um, and it's a lot to think about. It really is a lot to think about and, and a lot to take into consideration. But it's been so rewarding for me. And I just wanted to update you on that. I know many of you have been along on a journey with me. Um, some of you from the very beginning back in 2008, and you're still here listening to what I have to say. That's crazy. But I appreciate you. And I thank you for, even if this is the first episode you're listening to right now, I thank you from the bottom of my heart because without you, this wouldn't be possible without people listening, without people, you know, subscribing, without people taking action. What I'm doing today would not be possible. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. OK, that's enough of the mushy stuff. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the content. 
Now, in last episode, this is a three-part series. Last episode, we spoke about the setup part of building your email list. You know, how to set things up from your opt-in bribe or resource to adding the forms on your website, setting up the right pages, and all those stuff that's involved with setting up this process. That's episode 176. So you can get there, becomeablogger.com slash episode 176. Today, we're going to be talking about the follow-up. You got to follow up with people. You know, don't just, you know, they sign up for this awesome stuff from you and you just leave them there hanging dry. No, you want to follow up with them. We'll get into that today. And then in the next episode, episode 178, we're going to be talking about the sale. How do you convert subscribers into paying customers? So let's get into part two, the follow-up. Now, if you don't get this right, you might as well not be building your email list um, because this is, this is the part where you're nurturing a relationship with your subscribers. This is where you're gaining his or her trust. You're, you're establishing yourself as a trusted expert friend, and this is where the magic happens. You know, if you are in the market for a camera or you're in the market for a laptop or whatever the case, let's stick with camera because it's an example that I use often. And you have a friend, a good friend. This person comes over to your house all the time, eats your food, <laughs> you know, hangs out with your family. Um, and that person is a photographer. You're, if you're looking for a camera, who are you going to turn to? You're going to turn to that person. And that's the person you want to be. Of course, you're not going to be going over to your subscribers' homes and eating their food and hanging out with their friends. Or you might. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Um, But by giving them value and nurturing a relationship with them, if you're in a position where you know about stuff that they want to learn about, you are establishing yourself as a trusted expert friend if you do it the right way. So how do you do it the right way? First things first, and we always come back to this, who is your ideal target person? I spoke about this a little bit in last episode, but not in great detail. I go into much more detail in episode 104. Becomeablogger.com slash episode 104. You really want to understand who they are and what they're struggling with, what they're looking for. Why are they coming to your site? You want to be extremely clear about that. What questions do do they have? How can you help them? Once you're extremely clear on this ideal target person. Now, notice I didn't say a customer avatar or or anything of that sort because I want to I, I want to look at this or I, I didn't say target audience. I want to I want you to look at this person as an individual. It's as if you're talking to one person. When I'm recording this right now, I am talking to you. Yes, there might be, you know, a hundred or a thousand other people listening to this all over the world, but For right now, as I'm thinking about this, as I'm recording this, it's as if I am talking to one person, you. I'm talking to my friend, and I'm trying to provide you with value. So you want to know who they are, and you want to know what they're struggling with, what they're looking for, what questions they have, because you're going to be following up with them, and you're going to be providing answers to their questions, solutions to their problems, resources that can help them accomplish their goals. Now, with your email auto, your, your, your email um, marketing service, you have a number of different options. And I want to go into these different options to make sure we're clear on this. D- there are different ways in which you can follow up with your ideal target person. 
And the first one is relatively simple. It's called a, bro- a blog broadcast. And what this does is, you know, you have an RSS feed for your blog. If you don't know what an RSS is, it's, it stands for Real Simple Syndication. And it's a way for people to subscribe to your blog or to whatever content you're creating. You're listening to this podcast episode. Maybe you're subscribed in a podcast, um, a podcatcher, an app on your phone or something of that sort. That that actually grabs my podcast episodes from my RSS feed. So an RSS feed is something that you have. If you're using WordPress, um, your RSS feed location is going to be yourdomain.com slash feed. Okay, so if my, my blog is at becomeablogger.com, my feed is going to be becomeablogger.com slash feed. Or if you're using FeedBurner or another service, that is your RSS feed. Now, these blog broadcasts, it basically sends out an email every time there's a new post. And it can send out the entire post or it can send out just a section, an excerpt of that post. Um, You have a number of different options um, uh, of doing this. Now, this is a relatively easy way to start. A lot of people, when they're starting out their blogs, uh, they're, they're thinking about content, maybe they're making videos, they're doing all this content, and then they hear, man, I need to build this email list. And they start thinking about the content that they now have to create for their email list in addition to the content they have to create for their blogs, and they get overwhelmed. Well, this is one way that you can start where at least the email list part of it, the follow-up, happens automatically. If you're creating content regularly, that goes out automatically to your subscribers. Now, there are a number of bloggers that do this. Um, I've met a lot of coupon and deal bloggers where they post a bunch of deals on a daily basis and that goes out to their subscribers automatically. And then you have people like Michael Hyatt. If you subscribe to his blog at michaelhyatt.com, whenever he makes a post, you're going to get that automatically and you have the option to get it daily or weekly. All right. So this is called a blog broadcast. The benefit to this is it gets people to your blog or to your content um, without you doing any extra, extra work. You don't have to create extra content to send out because whenever you create content on your blog, your subscribers are getting it. Now, the con to this is that there's not a lot of flexibility. You know, if someone is a beginner, let's say someone comes to my blog and they want to learn about how to start a blog because they don't even know what a blog is. And you're currently on your blog covering more advanced stuff. When they start to get all this advanced stuff, they might feel overwhelmed because they're not even, they haven't maybe even selected their topic. They haven't installed WordPress or anything of that sort. So, you know, it's dependent on the content that you're creating right now, which may or may not be the right thing for the person that's subscribing to your blog um, in terms of helping them to accomplish their goals. Um, So that's a blog broadcast. It's easy to set up. It's an easy way to start. Um, And if if you're in a position where you're you're creating content and you you need to start this email list, but you're thinking, I just don't have the extra time or energy to create uh, uh, more content for my email newsletter, go with a blog broadcast. And quite frankly, there are some people that just prefer this. They prefer this to be automated. Michael Hyatt, it's not as if he can't create the content for an email newsletter, but this is the way he prefers to deliver the content and you can choose to do that too 
All right. And then there are autoresponders. And for this, we're going to have two categories. We're going to have time-based autoresponders, and we're going to have action-based autoresponders. Let's talk about time-based autoresponders first. Now, these are, these are going to be pre-scheduled messages delivered at specific time intervals. Um, so, for example, if I sign up for your email newsletter today, and let's say your email newsletter, um, uh, you have a time-based autoresponder sequence set up. Well, on day one that I sign up, I'm going to get you know, the resource that you send me automatically. And then maybe a few days later, I get another message that you've programmed, you know, maybe a year ago, but I still go through that sequence that you set up. So I might get one three days later and then five days later and then maybe every week for the next year, whatever the case might be. You can set up these pre-scheduled messages to be delivered at specific time intervals. Now, this is Great. This is excellent for bringing people through a, a, a very specific sequence, and it's great for your target audience. If you've narrowed down who your ideal target person is, then you know what steps, or ho hopefully you know or you're learning what steps they need to go through to get them from where they are to where they want to be. And this is very, uh, it's a very good system for getting th them through that process. It's great for nurturing relationships because you can bring them through the content the way you want them to go through the content. It can be very goal-oriented. So, for example, let's say you sign up for a seven-day course on how to build a blogging business, and then you're going to get weekly tips after that. Over the next seven days, I can walk you through a very specific sequence so that by the end, you have a good foundation on what it takes to build a blogging business. And hopefully you've taken action and you have your blog set up in a way that it can start to make you money. Now, if you have an evergreen funnel, this is a great system. What is an evergreen funnel? Let me explain. Think about a funnel. A funnel is something that um, it's one of those things I, I want to get some, some fluid into a very narrow opening. So I, I use a funnel that's wide at the top and it gets narrower as you go down. And at the top, you know, I have much more freedom. I can pour a bunch of stuff in there. And then as it gets down, it gets more focused until you have a steady stream of a very focused uh, amount a, a focused amount of fluid going into that opening well, it's the same thing when we talk about funnels with marketing. A funnel, you know, you start with, you, know, you have a bunch of stuff that you're providing or maybe you have free stuff. And uh, actually, let me say that again. You have a, a, a free a resource that people are signing up for and you're going to have a significant amount of people signing up for that. Okay, let's say you have 100, and peop 100 people opting into your email newsletter. Of those 100 people, you're going to be narrowing them down and maybe you might get 10 of them to take you up on a very special offer. And that might be a, an ebook that you have for sale. Maybe it might be a course that you're providing. Whatever the case might be, you can take them through this funnel where 
Um, it starts with a lot of people, but then it ends up with fewer that are taking a very specific action. And your time-based autoresponder can help them through the process. When I say that it's evergreen, I mean that you know the products or services that you're providing, it's not something that's a one-off thing. It's not a launch that you're doing. It's something that people are going through, um, whether it's today or a year from now. It's evergreen because it does not um, expire. Uh, an evergreen tree that goes all year you know even though in michigan here when it's winter all of the leaves for all of the other ones fall off um the evergreens are still going and that's what we mean by an evergreen funnel it just keeps going all right so it, it's great for that for the an evergreen um funnel you know i used to do this and i'm gonna be going back to doing this but i used to do this where i send out weekly tips and in those weekly blogging tips i would teach something very specific now the the way i like to structure my emails when especially when i was doing this is i would teach you something in that email so you get value from the email itself without taking any action besides reading the email and then I direct you to my blog. So it's bringing traffic back to the blog. So for example, I remember I had a, a, an email in that follow-up sequence that was how, do you, how using stories can help to increase engagement. And I talk about the principle of using stories and how that can help your blog and help its growth and help your engagement with your audience. But then at the end, I say, you want to see an example of how I've done this? Click on this link to check out this post. And then they can click there and go back to my blog. So it's great in that they get value right there. But then it also is great in that it directs them back to your blog. Now, how often should you send out these time-based autoresponders? You know, that's a tricky question. And it's something it's something that you're going to have to determine for yourself by testing. But I'm going to give you what I like. Um, what I like to do is in the beginning, you, you, you send out emails more often. But then after a while, it kind of tapers down and then maybe it's on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis. Um, to me, that is a great way to structure time-based autoresponders. And now that I'm in the process of re redoing my entire sequence over the next few weeks, this is the direction that I'm probably going to be leaning. All right, so that's time-based autoresponders. Then there are action-based autoresponders. And with this, I want you to think about the Amazon effect because what Amazon is a very smart company, as you're probably aware of. Amazon.com, I buy almost everything on Amazon.com before going to a store <laughs> because, you know, you can see the reviews, you can get all kinds of information and make a more informed decision. But what they do is they make sure that your experience is very customized. If you purchase something, they're going to be letting you know about other things that are similar because they know that um, based on your actions, you're going to be more likely to purchase X, Y, Z. All right. And, and, and you know, I, I just purchased uh, an, uh, an audio interface for my laptop. And now when I go back to Amazon, it shows me other um, audio equipment. And when I get an email from them, it shows me um, similar types of audio equipment that I might be interested in. And you know what? From time to time, I am actually interested in it. And that increases the likelihood that I'm actually going to purchase. 
Now, with action-based autoresponders, that's the same type of thing that you can do because you can tailor your messages to their particular action. If you take a specific step, I can send you an email based on that step. So, for example, I have a biology blog. Um, and imagine someone signs up for my biology email list and they, they show me, they say by clicking on a link or by going to a specific page on my blog that they're struggling in anatomy or they're interested in anatomy. And then the next day or the next week or whenever, I send them an email saying, hey, I see that you're struggling in, with anatomy. So I wanted to send you some cool anatomy resources. Isn't that powerful? That you're giving them exactly what you want. Now, all autoresponder services don't have this. Of course, GetResponse, I've spoken about that. GetResponse is what I use, becomeablogger.com slash GetResponse, and that allows you to take, um, to take, to send emails based on you know someone clicking on a link or open an email or getting to a specific page on your blog. You can put tracking code on your blog and say, if that person gets to that page, I want, them to, I want to send them an email. So, um, yeah, that, that's one way that you can use that. Then, uh, and those are action-based autoresponders. That, to me, is building trust by providing value. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what I call the action plus time combo. You're using action-based and time-based autoresponders. And this is how I would go about doing it. And this is the process that I'm going through right now. You schedule your time-based autoresponders. It might be once a week or whatever the case might be. And then based on the actions your subscriber takes, you include additional follow-up messages. So you have the time base going, and then let's say someone gets to a specific page on your blog. Let's say, for example, after listening to this podcast, you go to check, you hear about my Get Response Resource Center, and you go to becomeablogger.com to slash getresponse-resources. Once the system sees that you went to that page, I can have it send you a follow-up email saying, hey, I see you were checking out the Get Response Resource Center. Do you have any questions about Get Response that I can help you out with? How powerful is that? So we get the time base, but we also get the action base, and we can use that combination to do awesome things. All right, and lastly, you have your newsletters. And um, your newsletters, these, work, these are called, if you're using a service like Aweber, those are called broadcasts. These are one-time messages that are time-specific. So if you have a, a specific announcement or something of that sort, you can send these out as newsletters or as broadcasts. This is great for letting people know what's going on right now. So let's say you just published a post, you want them to know about it, um, and you're not using the blog broadcast feature, you can send out an email letting them know that, hey, this post is live. You guys can check it out. You can check it out because I know it'll provide value to you. This is, this is what I've been doing more recently. This is what I'm doing right now. Um, and, you know, that can be effective too. Um, now, let's say you have a special promotion. Um, let's say you are someone that's launching or become a blogger university and you want to let your audience know about it. You can send out an email letting them know, hey, it's live. You can check it out and that kind of stuff. That's what I've been doing now. Now, that, that can be great if you're coming out with content on a regular basis, but it's not automated. Um, and the more of these systems you can set in place that are automated, the more powerful um, an impact you can have on your subscribers. 
All right. Um, we're, we're going a little longer this episode, but you know what? I got to give you these 10 ninja tips because I think they're awesome. So it'll, it might be about 35 minutes to 45 minutes on this episode. I like to stick around 30, but this is going to be worth it because these 10 ninja tips, we're taking things to the next level. All right. Ninja tip number one, follow up with them on the follow up with your subscribers on the original free resource. So let's say, for example, um, you signed up for my email list because you want to learn how to set up a blog. And I send you resources to help you set up a blog. Well, I can follow up with you, you know, a few days later or a week later and say, you know, how, how, how's it going? How's your progress with your blog? Let me know. Or, you know, the, and this can be done in an automated way. Uh, did you get your blog set up? Or th- were you able to decide on that topic, that blog topic, your niche topic um, that you want to, 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 to create this blog on? following up with them lets them know that you are interested in what they are doing and that can be extremely powerful number two survey your audience Um, and you put this in your follow-up sequence put this in your time-based autoresponders and and adapt your follow-up to the responses that you get so this is how I did this. You know, in my follow-up, when I did the time-based autoresponders, I had an email that went out automatically that asked them some very specific questions. And now I just actually went in to test it, to, to check to see what my numbers were, but I did two surveys, and in response to those two surveys, I had 535 people responding to them. Now, those surveys are giving me valuable information. It's giving me information about what my my subscribers are struggling with. It gives gives me information as to what level they're at. It gives me information that I could use to create products. It has given me information that I have used to build to become a blogger university. So I am no longer just you know, thinking, you know, I think my audience would be interested in this. I know for a fact because they've told me. And if you can build your survey into your follow-up sequence, that will just be automatically generating these responses for you, important data that you can use to help you to determine how to best serve their needs. All right, now this is something that um, GetResponse also has built in. I keep coming back to GetResponse, and you can tell that I love GetResponse, but GetResponse has a survey feature where you can build surveys within the GetResponse and send it to your subscribers, and that to me is a powerful thing. All right, tip number three, schedule your autoresponders and your newsletters on different days. So let's say you're sending out a weekly um, autoresponder message. You might say, I'm going to send these out on Wednesdays. And you might reserve Mondays for your newsletters, for your broadcasts. Um, that way you know that, that when you send these out, your, your subscribers will never get these messages on the same day. Multiple messages on one day can tire people out. Um, this is something that I've been guilty of. And this is something that I'm trying to curb because I want to make sure I'm being as effective as possible. So by just being consistent with it, uh, I, most autoresponder services allow you to say, I want this to go out every week, but I only want it to go out on Wednesdays or on Tuesdays or on whatever day you choose to do it. Okay, another ninja tip. Tip number four. Um, if you send out a newsletter, a broadcast, and people open it, which hopefully they open it, there's still going to be some people who didn't open it. 
what you can choose to do is segment the individuals that didn't open it and then send them the same um, email but with a different headline because maybe the first headline didn't grab their attention but the second headline might grab their attention. So segment those that didn't open, resend it with a different headline. That's tip number four. Tip number five, time travel. <laughs> it's a cool feature. So in get response, right, when you're going to send out a message or to schedule a broadcast, you can say that I want it to go out at 7 a.m. Let's say that's what you're saying. All right. Now, 7 a.m. for you might be uh, 5 p.m. for someone else. But if you click on the time travel button or the time travel um, toggle, what that will do is it will send it out at 7 a.m. wherever they are. And that is definitely more convenient. As opposed to sending it in the middle of their workday, you can send it at the beginning, before they start to work, where they have some time where they can check it out. Um, and this is a feature that I'm going to be using in my new campaigns that I'm going to be setting up. Number six, ask open-ended questions. Literally, send them an email and ask, what are you struggling with? Reply and let me know. Now, that might seem like a bit crazy if you have a ton of people, but when they see that they're replying and you are replying to them, that tells them that you are engaged. That tells them that there's a real person on the other end. So even though you have these systems involved that automates the process, you're still there to help them out. So ask open-ended questions. That encourages them to interact. That encourages them to engage. And the more engaged they are, the more likely they are going to be to take action in the future. Number seven, Test your newsletter times to see what open rates, when the open rates are going to be best. Let me give you a specific example. When I record this podcast, I'm going to send out an email. If I send this email out at 10 o'clock, I will get fewer opens and fewer downloads to my podcast than if I send it out at 9 a.m. And if I send it out at 8 or 7 a.m., I'm going to get more listens, downloads, opens, and so on, at least in a short period of time, than if I were to send it out at 9 a.m. How do I know that? Because I've tested it. And by you testing different times, what works for me isn't going to work for you necessarily, but I want you to test it. When you're sending these out, just try different times and just see if it affects the open rates, if it affects um, the action that your audience takes. And based on that, choose the best time. Number eight, tip number eight, give your subscribers an option for fewer emails. Now, you might be listening to this and say, hey, why don't you do that? I would like to get fewer emails from you, Leslie. You keep bombarding my inbox. <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. So I did a survey a while back, and actually most people said they prefer for me to email them multiple times a week. However, I think there were 33% of my audience that said, I would just like to get one email from you. So when I re redo this, and now I'm in the process of rebuilding this sequence, I am going to offer an option for you to say, hey, I don't want to hear from you as much. I just want to get a weekly digest. I remember I had a friend say, uh, uh, talk to me on the phone and say, man, I love your stuff, but I just get it so often. Um, so I had to unsubscribe. And that's un understandable. So there, there might be people that find value in the content, but they want to hear from you less. Give them that option. Okay, number nine. 
you know, this is something that my business partner, Cassandra from Cassandra Bakai, who has a natural hair blog, and I've been working with her over the last few years. She's doing some amazing stuff over there. Um, one of the things I told her to do in the beginning, I just kind of mentioned it, and she did this uh, better than I've ever done it, is, you know, when you're creating an email that you're going to be sending out to your audience, instead of sending them all out as broadcasts, just add it to your follow-up sequence. You can write your autoresponders over time. I just went into the Aweber account that she's using, and I saw that she had 48 messages scheduled. And that's because she didn't sit down one day and write 48 messages, but anytime she has a new email to send out, instead of just sending it out as a newsletter or as a broadcast, she puts it Next in the sequence. So the people that have been on your list for a while are going to get it when she puts it. But some people are going to get it in a year because that's when they signed up. They signed up a year later, but they're still going to get it. So because these emails that she's created are evergreen, they, you know, they can last, they last year long, basically, and basically forever. Well, I don't know if forever, but you get the point. She can schedule them as autoresponders and build that out over time. And number 10, this is a cool comment. Um, this is a cool um, tip that I got from my friend Colin over at um, colinyearwood.com. Actually, he gave me a few of these. I probably should have said that before um, because we're, we, I, I often tend to discuss with him and we, come, we brainstorm. It's great to have somebody to brainstorm with. Um, but this one is take your comments or your forum posts or your status updates on social media, the content that you're already creating, why not take that, repurpose it, and work it into your follow-up series? You're already doing the work. You're already, you know, you, you go to somebody's blog, and they, somebody in your niche, and, they, and you write a, a very thoughtful comment. Um, why not use that for your audience? Because they might find value in it. You might have to modify it a little bit, but it's less work because you've already done the bulk of the work. So repurpose that content and sending, send it out. So tip number one, follow up on your original resource. Number two, survey your audience. Adapt your follow-up to, to the responses. Number three, schedule your autoresponders and newsletters on different days. Number four, segment those who didn't open and resend with an, a different headline. Number five, time travel. If you have that feature, if you're using GetResponse, use the time travel feature um, to make sure that they're getting it at the best time. Number six, uh, ask open-ended questions. Number seven, test your newsletter times to see when the open rates are best. Number eight, give people the option for fewer emails. Number five, write your autoresponders over time and then just add them to the sequence. And number Number 10, I was going to say number 6, I don't know what's going on with my numbers, but number 10, take your comments, your forum posts, your whatever it is you're already creating, and use that as content for your email list. I hope you got value from this. I hope you enjoyed that and that you can go now and take heavy, serious action to continue to build your email list, which is a big part of building your business. In the next episode, of course, we're going to be talking about how to convert your email subscribers into customers that make you money. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would appreciate it. If you're enjoying this, you know, hop on over to iTunes. Maybe you've done it before, but you like this episode for some reason because you got so much value. Go and leave another review. That's not a bad thing. 
when you leave reviews, that really helps to get this podcast out there. It helps to bring more exposure, and that's great, especially as I'm building this online business. Um, that's always a good thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you appreciate it, head on over. And if you're trying to start a blog, you're just getting started, or and you want to create content, inspire others, and change the world, freebloggingvideos.com. No, yeah, freebloggingvideos.com. You basically get to follow me as I show you step by step, screen by screen, how I've done it and how you can do the same. Freebloggingvideos.com. It's free, actionable, and awesome. That's pretty much it for this episode. So until next time, take care and God bless. Eight 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 three five two four one four.